0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Mindful Mondays with Miss Maddie. I am so happy and so thankful you came back to listen to another episode. I'd like to tell you guys I do have a special guest here with me today. Her name is Megan Carmona. I'll let her introduce herself in just a second, but I wanted to start off by saying that this episode is dedicated to my mom, Tracy, who lost her battle with mental illness in 2017 and also to my best friend Jaden who lost her battle with mental illness uh, almost a year ago today and this episode is dedicated to them and now I'll let Megan talk a little bit.
1: Hi my name is Megan Carmona um, and I wanted to dedicate this episode to my best friend Riley who lost her battle with mental illness um, almost three years ago now. Um, I am so excited that Maddie asked me to be a part of this episode because one thing that I've wanted to do for so long is share my experiences with mental health and be able to talk about something that's so important as the grieving process and grief and how to cope with it.
0: Today's episode is going to be a lot about grief and losing someone to suicide and this can be applied in losing somebody to a lot of different ways, but the main category we wanted to hit here was losing someone to suicide because that's something we've both experienced near and dear to our hearts. Losing my mom in 2017 was something I never ever expected and leading after that, it was my biggest hope and also my biggest fear of losing somebody else to suicide. I always hoped that I wouldn't have to experience that again. And Honestly, after losing Jaden last year to suicide, I really believed that there was a time period right there where I I just felt like I couldn't keep going. And that's what my mind told me, that this is not possible to get through and this is not something that you can handle. But I am here today talking to you guys, so it is something that I can handle and it's something that I've learned a lot from and I've experienced a lot by losing both of these women in my life to suicide. So I wanted to come here and share with you guys today a little bit about that. I just want to let you know if you've lost someone to suicide It is possible to have good days and it is possible to experience good feelings again. And it's definitely going to be a lot of up and downs, but I promise you it's still worth it. And there's still so much that you can make out of your life. I also did want to include a trigger warning right about now um, about just some details that Megan and I are going to get into. We'll be talking about suicidal ideations a little bit and just some things we've experienced or thoughts we've seen in others. So if this is a time that you think is good for you to pause and not listen to this episode right now, please do that for yourself. And if you'd like to continue listening, please just be kind to yourself while you're going through this and make sure that you're listening to what your body needs.
1: I kind of wanted to start off by saying that losing someone to suicide is something that you never really think that you'll have to go through Um, and then once you go through it you kind of realize like wow this can really happen to anyone and it's kind of scary Um, and when you first lose somebody to suicide it's really complicated like you feel mad you feel betrayed you feel angry and sad and jealous and guilty for all of these things that are just out of your control so it's really important to just give yourself grace throughout this time, and it takes a long time to heal because those initial reactions and feelings, they don't last forever. Okay, and then the first thing that we kind of wanted to dive into was those initial feelings and reactions that I kind of talked about a little bit. I remember going through all those feelings very rapidly when I first found out, um, and I have never felt as strongly as I did in those first few days after I found out that I had lost Riley to suicide. Um, And every once in a while, like those feelings do go away and they do get better, but sometimes they come back and it's just kind of like finding that balance. And I guess even after a while, you kind of just become numb to everything. And it kind of just feels like you're going through your everyday life, but why are you even doing it anymore? you just feel like you're not there because you're thinking about, oh, all these things that I could have done to stop it or to change it. And it just kind of leaves you feeling more dissociated than you normally would have been.
0: Going off of the initial feelings that come from it, it was really different for me when I look at how my body reacted to it with my mom versus how my body reacted to Jaden. And With my mom, I think the first things I I felt was I think my body went into full-on survival mode, and that's something that can be really common to happen, and it's just your body trying to do everything that you would still normally do in your life, but you, you just feel really numb doing it, and it's kind of like you're doing that in order to protect yourself from thinking about everything that's really going on. So I did that for a really long time after my mom passed away and I really wasn't able to process a lot of it. But when I did lose Jaden, I noticed that I was really aware of not going into survival mode again and I was conscious of that. I wanted to make sure that I could be there for myself, and as much as I know that it can be necessary for your body to go into survival mode, if that's the way that it needs to handle something, I also wanted to be able to take a little bit of precaution, and I had a lot more coping mechanisms at this point when I lost Jaden, so I didn't really go into survival mode for as long after Jaden, but I do remember I, I felt a lot at the beginning, which wasn't something I felt necessarily right after losing my mom and that can be something that seems kind of weird to somebody who hasn't experienced grief is like oh well, why why don't you feel anything like that somebody you really cared about that's gone well everybody's body reacts differently so I think it's really important to remember that and at that time my body that was the only way it knew how to get through it was putting me in survival mode but after j- losing Jaden I think my body knew that it was in a safer area to be able to work through this and it just it felt safe enough to be able to let all the emotions out that it was feeling. So I cried a lot and I screamed a lot. And I I felt like I was going crazy because I felt like my body was trying to really process what was going on. But honestly, it's been almost a year now. And a lot of the times I still can't process it. I do think I've processed and gotten used to the fact that my mom is not here, but there are still days with, even though it's been years with that, there's still days where with both of them, I am expecting them to come back or I'll even go like text or FaceTime them. And I'm like, I can't do that anymore. So that was kind of the initial feelings for me. There was a lot more to it and it was a lot of ups and downs and different emotions. But I think the best thing I did for myself was just trying to be compassionate with myself through it. Going off of the initial emotions and feelings that come from it, we wanted to dive into talking about some of the triggers that are experienced after losing someone to suicide. There are quite a lot and we can't name all of them, but we do want to talk about a few that really impacted us.
1: Um I would say for me, a big trigger like with those initial feelings and reactions and feeling kind of like dissociated and like it wasn't real was talking about Riley and one of the hardest experiences that I have ever had to go through was it was during COVID and there wasn't really a good way of getting information about her funeral out because you couldn't post about it on Facebook because social gatherings were kind of limited to like small numbers of people so I went through and made a list of everybody that would want to come to her funeral and texted them individually, all of the funeral information and showing up to the funeral. And I spoke at her funeral. I just distinctly remember just standing up there and just completely breaking down. The whole time, like in those initial feelings that I felt, I really limited my emotions in front of other people. because people were always telling me like, I'm really worried about you. Like, are you going to be okay? And I didn't want people to think that I wasn't going to be okay. So I kind of hid those emotions and I cried a lot in private and I was really upset. And people saying, I'm really worried about you that like, I was like, oh, maybe they should be worried about me. You know, like, I don't even know, like I've never been through this before. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I really don't see a way out of this. And I would go to social media and people would be posting pictures of her and all saying all these beautiful things about her and just seeing her face and seeing those pictures were so hard for me. And in the beginning, I like went through and to, like deleted a bunch of pictures. I deleted all of our texts because I didn't want to look at it because just seeing her and reading those texts like reminded me of the thing that I lost, and that was kind of triggering in itself.
0: One thing that was really triggering to me after losing my mom, and something that still continues to be triggering to me after losing both her and Jaden, is there's a lot of triggering words that you can say to someone who has lost a loved one to suicide or even dealt with suicidal ideations themselves, um when people at school would constantly be like oh my god I'm gonna kill myself or like you know like it I feel like it was always in a situation where it really wasn't that serious and they did not mean that at all they were just saying that because it was a phrase to throw around. And for me, when those words were thrown around, it would put flashbacks into my head of everything that I felt the days that I lost those people. And it would really be, it would just send me into like a full mode of PTSD. And I know that those people don't understand that because it's not something that they had to go through, but I think it's just really important to be aware of, even if you haven't gone through something, being aware of that somebody else could have gone through this. And another thing that was really triggering for me to hear was people telling me that it would get better because honestly, at at the beginning, I kind of started to believe it. And I have learned throughout this that it's not something that gets better. It is something that you are just constantly growing around. And leading into that, I kind of wanted to explain a little bit how um, I I like to picture grief in a container because if grief is a ball inside of a glass container, I feel like we as the container are always getting bigger and growing around this ball of grief, but the grief doesn't change at all. It just stays the same. And the only control that we have is to decide to grow around it and grow from it and create different things from it. So some things that were really triggering to me were just to hear that it gets better because I've learned that it's not something that gets better it's not something that's linear i i definitely have days that aren't super bad and i have days that are super great and stuff like that and i have really terrible days but at the end of it it's not like it's not just going to get better because that grief is still going to be there they're not coming back so i think that's it's important to watch what kind of words you're using to someone who is going through this and maybe instead of saying it gets better maybe saying like I'm here for you in this hard time and this is going to be something that's really challenging but I believe that you are strong enough to fight through this and encouraging things like that rather than doing a false promise.
1: And going off of that I feel like it's also important to talk about how no one really knows how to comfort someone who just lost a loved one to suicide because there's that stigma around suicide where it's almost like you can't talk about it but once it happens it kind of opens up this whole thing so I remember a lot of times people would tell me that it will get better um, and I would just kind of be like well how do you know that you never lost somebody to suicide like and I would say now that, yeah, it definitely does not get better, but it does get more manageable, so just having that kind of false hope put into my head that it will get better was just heartbreaking in a way, and another thing people said to me a lot was, "Oh, how did she do it that It's so hard because you don't want you don't want to straight out tell them like that is really triggering I can't believe you asked that because that's what's going through my head like I can't believe someone would ask me that but then again I have to remind myself like when I was told about Riley that was one of the first things that I asked so the people asking me that don't know necessarily that that was a traumatizing question for me in a way but it's just important to kind of be sensitive about those kinds of things because for a long time, I, I asked that question and I regret it every day because I get these intrusive thoughts like picturing it, seeing it happen in my head and it's just like something that sticks with you for a long time. So being asked that kind of re-traumatized me in a way of like re-reminding me like this is how it happened, like this is something real that happened. Also as stigmatized as suicide is, it's also become pretty normalized with people just throwing around phrases like I'm going to kill myself or I'm going to shoot myself or you see it in shows and movies and there's never really, I would say there are more trigger warnings nowadays Um, but there was a situation where I had to watch a movie for one of my classes and it was the movie Girl Interrupted and it has a very graphic scene of one of the characters hanging themselves and I didn't know anything about the movie I just knew that I had to watch it for class so I'm watching this movie and I see that and it just re-traumatized me in a way it was so triggering and I wasn't expecting myself to have that kind of reaction but I had to like stop the movie and like really process like what I had just saw because it was exactly the way I pictured it in my head having never seen something like that before and having those intrusive thoughts about it. So you just have to be mindful, like, when you're going into the mental health field or when you're in school, like, you can't expect, like, the kinds of things you're going to see or the things that people are going to say because it's become so normalized that people just kind of throw it around or they just throw it in the movie for shits and giggles, not really thinking about, like, oh, there are people out there who have, seen the aftermath of somebody who has lost their life to suicide or they've lost somebody they love to suicide or they've struggled with suicidal ideations themselves and it's you just have to be mindful about these things like as you're processing your own grief
0: the next thing we wanted to jump into talking about is how it impacts our relationships when you lose someone to suicide for me personally, it has really impacted a lot of my relationships, and it makes it really hard to trust somebody else when making a new relationship that they're not gonna take their life and trusting that. I feel like with losing someone to suicide, there's a huge feeling of abandonment. So being able to trust that they're not going to leave and they're not going to do the same thing that has happened to pre- in your previous relationships. And on top of that, it's really hard to trust opening up to someone or that they're a person that's safe to open up to because I feel like when you go through heavy things like this it's almost like you feel like you're trauma dumping on everyone in your life and it's it's almost like you can't not because you're carrying a lot and you need to talk about it and also these people aren't going to know the real you if they don't know the trauma that has happened to you and thoughts that you have from it then they're not really going to know the actual you so that's been something that I'm still working on till this day is just trying to trust relationships and that I have safe spaces that I'm able to talk about these things and trauma dump and that I have relationships that they're not going to leave me. They are here to stay and they're not going to take their life. But following into that, there's a lot of, I I have terrible anxiety and I overthink all of the time about every single person in my life, even if they're not super close to me, even if they're really close to me. I have this fear that just like weighs over my head all the time that they're going to take their life and it causes me to worry about like everybody that I care about and it honestly makes me scared to care about somebody new because it's like I know that along with that comes all of the overthinking and the anxiety of having to worry about if they're doing okay, and if they're going to take their life too. So those have been some challenges for me with trying to maintain or create new relationships after losing someone to suicide.
1: And kind of going off of that, like my experiences with relationships have been very similar in the way that I do have a very big fear of abandonment. And meeting new people is really difficult for me Um, and trying to create these new relationships is really hard because I feel like there's so much that I have to tell them in order for them to understand me as a person who I am today because I feel like me before losing Riley is a completely different person than me after losing Riley like Riley was such a big part of my life and losing her has made me a completely different person like it's changed like I guess the trajectory of my life, not to be dramatic, but it really has changed me as a person. So I want to be able to tell people about my best friend because she was one of the most amazing people I've ever met and she'll come up casually in conversations and then it turns to, oh, you said was, like, what happened? And I was like, oh, she lost her life to suicide and it becomes, I'm so sorry. And all of a sudden, all these people are walking on eggshells around me and that has just been very difficult for me. And it's easier for me to keep people at arm's length, you know, because if I don't tell them about that part of my life, yeah, maybe I'm not as close with them. And I don't really have deep, meaningful relationships or connections, but they don't have to see that version of me that needs to trauma dump on them. Because I feel like having to talk about something that is such a big part of who I am. It does feel like trauma dumping at times because that's what it is. It is traumatic to lose somebody to suicide, like no matter who they are, like losing a loved one, losing a friend of a friend, like suicide is an incredibly traumatic thing. And it's scary and talking about it is scary. And and getting close to people is scary because how do I know that they're not gonna leave my life whether it's through suicide the way Riley left or if it's just not being a part of my life anymore. And that's honestly probably, like, one of the biggest things that I still struggle with is definitely being so scared of being abandoned, like, in any way. Like, if people ghost me or if people don't text me back, I immediately think, like, something bad happened, like, something terrible happened. or And that kind of goes into kind of overthinking and worrying about every single thing, every single aspect of my relationships and my friendships is kind of like, if they don't text me back, like something awful happened. Like I immediately go into like fight or flight mode, basically like worrying about them or if maybe they seem a little off, I tend to like overanalyze or overthink it and think, the worst possible thing has happened. Um, So yeah, getting close to people has become really difficult for me and it wasn't something that was difficult for me before. It's really hard to trust people in my life, people that I've known before losing Riley and people that I've met after I lost Riley. Getting close to people has been very difficult and overthinking, overanalyzing. That's definitely something that I'm still working through today and trying to process.
0: I know we've talked about some pretty hard things during this episode. And if you have experienced anything similar, trust me, it it is extremely hard and something I never would wish upon anybody. But there are definitely some perspectives that I have been able to create from this that have helped myself be able to look at the situation in the best way possible, even though it's a situation that really isn't pleasant. One thing that's really uh, helped me during this time is just remembering that there's a spiritual relationship that's still there with the person that is gone and I think a lot of the times I get too caught up on missing their physical form and missing them here on earth that I forget that there's still a spiritual relationship that can be created with them so that's something that I've been trying to remind myself a lot lately is that you know their physical form isn't here anymore but their spirit most definitely is with me and it's helped me to realize a lot of signs that they'll send me spiritually. So Jaden sends me butterflies and cardinals a lot. And my mom has sent been sending me deers for, well, deer, sorry. <laughs> She's been sending me deer for a lot of years. And they've sent me a lot of other signs. And just being able to know that they're still there and they're still trying to communicate with me and build a relationship with me even though it's not in their physical form, has been something that's been helping me a lot through this. I know that looking at this situation as looking at them as a spiritual form can be really hard because as humans, I think, you know, all we know is people in their physical form and that's all we've ever been able to see. So it is definitely challenging to be able to remember that they're still their spiritual form and they're still here and being able to just understand that even though their physical form is gone there's still a big part of them and a big relationship left to be created but it's important to be compassionate with yourself when trying to learn that because it's something that's not very easy easily comprehensible I feel like to the human mind
1: I think one of the biggest like changes that my perspective has gone through was Kind of at first, I would say, like, I wish Riley could know who I was today, or I wish Riley was here to see me today, but she is still with me. She will always be my best friend. Like, I know that she's seeing me now, and she's so proud of me, and that has made this grieving process so much easier, just believing that she's still a part of my life because she is still here. Like, there's that trend on TikTok right now where it's like, when I'm gone, don't look for me in the sunsets. But that's exactly what I do. (laughs) I do look for her in the sunsets, or I see her in butterflies or in little things people say. Like, I moved in with my roommates right now, and one of them, like, jokingly said, like, brother, like, call me brother. And that was something that I hadn't heard in two years since the last time I talked to Riley. And it just, like, completely, like, okay, I'm okay. Like, she's still here. Like, she can see, like, how I am now, and I just feel so much better, like, knowing that she's still here and that she's proud of me. And another thing that, like, looking for signs kind of reminded me of is I remember it was so crazy. Like, I still don't know what to think of it to this day, but I love talking about it. It's like, I think the night after I found out she passed, I had like one of the most realistic and vivid dreams that I've ever had in my life. I remember every detail to this day. And in the dream, she came up to me and she hugged me and she told me everything that you would want someone that has passed away to tell you. She told me that it wasn't my fault and how much she loved me and that there was nothing I could have done to stop it. It was what needed to happen and she'll be okay and I'll be okay and she hugged me, and it felt so real, and I woke up, and I felt so at peace, and all those feelings of anger and abandonment, they all kind of went away for, like, a split second, and it was honestly one of the most healing things, like, even if it was just, like, something I made up in my head, like, I still think it holds value to how much I've healed from that point on,
0: and going off of what Megan said a little bit, it, I really have found a lot of comfort in sunrises or sunsets or just pretty clouds and different birds. And I have found a lot of comfort in watching the moon. And I know that sounds silly to some people, but it, it's a lot of comfort when you know that somebody you lost is up there and you can look at that. It's kind of like a way for you guys to be connecting. That's what it feels like to me. And one thing that's also. Helps me a little bit through this is being able to go to my mom's grave and just sit with her and talk and sometimes I cry sometimes I'll laugh with her sometimes I'll just ask her for advice about things that are going on in my life but making sure that I'm still interacting with Jaden and my mom has really helped me be be able to feel that they're still here and they're still trying to be there for me. Um, one thing that I do a lot for Jaden, I do this a lot for my mom, too, but I feel like more with Jaden because I don't have a cert like I don't have a a grave to go sit next to for her, but I like to write her letters to heaven is what I call them, and I'll just kind of, you know update her on my life and tell her what I'm feeling about her and things that are going on and things that I wish she could experience with me and just thank her for being there for me and protecting me always and sending me all of the signs that she does because I think that's one way that helps to keep her alive in my own personal life.
1: And that has helped me a lot with like finding comfort. I would say like writing letters to Riley and like Writing letters to heaven. I do the exact same thing and it brings me so much comfort. I always find myself like writing little things in my notes app or just talking to her. Like when I'm driving, I'll be like, you'll never guess what this person did because I know she would think it was the funniest thing ever. And just like doing little things like that. And I really don't like country music, I am not a big country music fan. But sometimes I find myself enjoying country music because that was the kind of music that Riley and I would listen to together. So if I'm feeling, like, kind of disconnected from myself or from my life, I usually listen to country music to kind of put myself back into perspective. Like, you're here not only for you, you're here for Riley, too. Like, just finding comfort in, like, the little things. Or there was one time where I went to visit Riley's grave. (laughs) It's so funny. <laughs> I went to visit Riley's grave and I get there and I brought flowers and I walk up to her grave and there is a McDonald's chicken nugget just sitting on her grave. And I'm like this is such an inappropriate thing to laugh at, but I know Riley would think it's so funny. <laughs> so just like little things like that, you know, make it feel so much better, like a much better situation than it actually is.
0: Megan just talked a little bit about Music that reminds her of Riley, and that made me remember that. So Jaden loved a lot of different music, but one specific artist we listened to a lot together was Kodak. And I'm honestly not like a huge fan of Kodak. I I'm not like a diehard Kodak fan or anything. Um, but she would always just play it when we were around. So I kind of just got into listening to him. And I remember when Kodak released his album this year all of a sudden it was just playing on my phone and I was like I don't remember adding this to my library or anything and at this time I was just sitting in my car by myself just watching the sunset and I knew within seconds that it was Jaden and she was on aux tonight and she wanted to play Kodak so that we could listen to his new album together and just remembering those little things really helps me to be able to keep that relationship alive. And my mom will do that a lot with certain songs. They'll just come on and I'm like, I know this was her because I would not have ever chose this music. This is what she wants to listen to. But in those times, it just reminds me that they're there with me and they're hanging out with me and they want to listen to music with me or just be with me. To add into the not living for just yourself and living for them that's something that really hits home for me too because there have been a lot of times especially I think high school was the hardest part for me because I lost my mom right before my freshman year and just trying to live that like basic high schooler life while dealing with everything I was going through was really hard for me but reminding myself during that time that I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for my mom too, because she, even though she's not here to physically be here for me and with me while I'm doing this, she's watching me and I know she wants to watch me finish this. And honestly, if it wasn't for losing either of them and having the motivation to live for both of them, I would not be here talking today on this podcast. And that's a huge reason. That's the main reason why I started this was so that I could. Talk not only just for myself, but for them and for anybody else who needs to hear this or anybody else who has lost someone to suicide or just dealt with a lot of issues in their mental health and a lot of challenges because even though they're not here to be able to tell you guys that you know they understand and you're not the only one. I wanted to make sure that I could be able to do that for them. I know if Jaden was here today she would be on this podcast episode with me. She would have been on a lot of the episodes and just knowing that even though she's not here physically and able to do that, I can talk for her and I can ask her to help me talk to you guys that that makes it a lot more worth it and it just has given me a lot bigger of a purpose knowing that I'm I'm doing all things for them and not just for myself.
1: And kind of going off like finally getting to that point where you realize that you are not only living for yourself but you're living for them. I guess that kind of goes back to like kind of those feelings of guilt that you might have like if you lose somebody to suicide. It's I know for me personally, I constantly thought to myself or I said to myself or I said to other people like it should have been me, you know, like I see all these, how much all of these people loved Riley they loved her so much. And I know that I'm loved and that I have a place in this world and that there are so many people that love and care about me. But if I could have changed anything, it would have been me and carrying the guilt of me living and being able to graduate high school and being able to graduate college and being able to turn 21 are all these things that I wish Riley could have experienced and even going back to like thinking like I should have seen the signs I should have stepped in I should have done something like I feel like it's really important to acknowledge that like there's nothing you could have done like you can't go back you can't take their place it's just kind of an acceptance that you need to come to like a big part of healing from grief is acceptance and just knowing that you do have a place in this world, regardless of what you think, regardless of if you think it should have been you or however much guilt that you carry, you do have a place in this world. You are loved. Everyone is so happy that you are here.
0: Going a little bit more in depth into the guilt aspect of it, I, I especially after losing my mom, that was like the biggest emotion I think I felt was the guilt of not being able to stop her or not knowing that that was going to happen. But even more so, I also had a conversation with my mom that morning before she passed away. And I honestly wasn't super nice. We were kind of in a argument about me doing a chore. And like looking back on that now, I'm like, you are st- I like, I, I honestly still feel like you are so stupid. Like you're arguing about a chore and like little did you know, like she was about to take her life. And that's something that I have to work through and i'm still trying to work through i've definitely made a lot of progress in it and i don't spend every day blaming myself and wishing i could have done something differently but i definitely will still have thoughts sometimes that go back into wondering if i would have reacted differently if something would have happened or you know if i would have actually had a nice conversation with her if i wouldn't regret those last moments as much but i've been trying to be really compassionate with myself and knowing that in that time i didn't know any better and now I do, and I am doing the best that I can, but in that time, I didn't know any better, but I just wanted to really talk about the guilt aspect of it because I know as personally losing people to suicide and as watching loved ones lose people to suicide, guilt is a huge aspect of it, and I just want you to know that it's not your fault and you know, they, they still love you so much and they're so proud of whatever it is that you are doing and, and they don't want you to feel guilty. They just want you to feel the love that they're trying to send you right now. So, as common as it is to feel guilty and as normal as it is, please be kind to yourself with the guilt and let yourself know that, you know, you did what you could and while they were here, you gave them a lot of happiness and even though that that is gone now, you did what you could and It is in the past, but just remember, you still have a relationship. You can be building with them and don't let the guilt prevent you from being able to do that.
1: I think that I had similar experiences with guilt um, after Riley passed away Um, in kind of like the last stretch of our friendship. Riley and I were both struggling pretty heavily with our mental health and we weren't the greatest friends to each other. We would get into these little fights about things like boys or parties or just little stupid things. But after somebody passes away, like those little things become like, oh, if that would have never happened, they would still be here type thing. And again, with that kind of guilt, like I should have done something different. I should have stepped in. I should have been more supportive comes like it should have been me you know, we were both struggling, like, seeing all these people post about her and how much they loved her and how loved she was and how much her loss hurt everybody in her life. It was kind of like, if I could go back and do anything, like, it would have been me in her place. But I guess now I've come to terms with, like, you know, I do have a place here. Like, I am loved. I belong here. And, you know, there was nothing I could have done. I did the best that I could for her. Like, I think I was a bit naive in kind of missing the signs, you know, trying to take care of myself too. And it was hard and I really have come to terms with the fact that I did the best that I could and that I do have a place here.
0: We just wanted to cover a little bit more on the guilt aspect of it because I know that that can be a very heavy part of it for a lot of people. And I, I think I missed out on talking about it as much as I wanted to at the beginning of the episode, but We also wanted to remind you just that you can make the most of your situation still. You can take dirt and grow flowers from it because it is something that is extremely challenging, but it's also something that is going to make you a different person. And yes, that's hard to accept, but it's going to turn you into a beautiful person and you're going to help so many more people than you know. And even... Uh, like with helping everybody else you're also helping yourself which is the biggest part I know that if you lost somebody and you're still continuing to help yourself they are so proud of you as I am so proud of you too and I just wanted to make sure that you guys know that there are a lot of hard parts of it but I promise you that the storms don't last forever and there's a big mix of weather throughout grief they're gonna experience storms and rainbows and sunshine and wind and all different kinds of weather, but just make sure that you're being compassionate with yourself through it and you're paying attention to those signs and not getting too caught up in the guilt aspect of it because they're still there and they still want to be there for you. They still want to listen to you and laugh with you and listen to music with you or whatever it is.
1: I just wanted to say that I'm so grateful that I got to talk to you guys today and I'm so happy that Maddie asked me to be a part of this episode. Um, I guess that I just wanted to remind everybody that you do have a place here and that people love you and care about you regardless of how isolated or alone you feel in the darkest times and that even though it doesn't get better, there are still really good days that have yet to come. And like, while my experiences are something that I would never wish upon another person, I am grateful that I got to experience them because I believe that they've made me into a better person than I am today and I'm so happy that I just got to talk about it in general because I do think it is a really important thing to talk about and how while it is such a terrible thing you know there is a way to kind of change your perspective and kind of believe that they are still here even though they're not physically here.
0: I would like to thank Megan so much for coming here today and being open and vulnerable with all of you guys. It was such a pleasure to be able to feel comfortable talking about these things with somebody else, especially being her. And I would just like to let you all know that, you know, things are going to not always feel as hard as they do. And and some days might, but I promise you that there's going to be good in between those days that feel like you can't do it. And there's going to be days that make it so worth it and you have a very important place here no matter what your mind convinces you of and no matter what you're going through or what you're dealing with it's possible for you to be able to get through it and to build different perspectives of it and no matter what you're what you're handed you know i feel like it's just based off of what you can create out of it so maybe keep that in mind as you go into this week and also keep in mind, you know, the words that you're saying to people because you never know what somebody else has experienced or has gone through. I am so happy that you guys are here. I am so happy you came to listen to another episode and I'm just so thankful for all of the love and support. I hope that you took something out of here today and that the words that were said were something that you needed to hear and I hope that you have a great rest of your week.